it is not a game. every seven years one sip and I got the bubble guts I'm pathetic mm. wow. don't stand a chance it's really sad like I don't I don't know what it's like to be drunk I know what it's like to be shitty so when they say ish face I, I get it because yeah. if I sip two sips of wine oh I got diarrhea I, I don't know I guess me and wine never got along alright well at least you know if you backed up you got a way out yeah no listen and you bag That's up, like you So if I'm backed up on a bridge, I flood. <laughs> Never mind, let me stop. That's nasty talk. Lord. That's disgusting. <laughs> Lord. So, why are you always late? You said, why am I always late? Yes. I show up on time and divine time. All right, Lord, here, stop. Cut the bull. Why are you always late? I show up on time and divine time. I'm actually not always late. Oh, here you go. You out here saving souls and we complaining about your lateness. You know they canceled that tour, right? <laughs> I'm trying to. I mean, she is seven ish. I think it's about seven ish. If someone tells you an ish, you're supposed to get there before. I don't know that. 
And I was never talking. You've been in professional for 10 years. Nobody's before. ever said seven ish. Nobody said it ever said an ish. They either said a time. Well, because ish gives you a 15 minute threshold. A 15 minute threshold. You don't, doesn't that make sense? If I say seven ish, somebody should get there like thinking, okay, he's saying seven is what time you should get here. But if I'm late, I gave him the ish. After 30 minutes, it's just disrespect. No. Nah. Okay, what if you had a listening party at 11 o'clock and no one showed up until 11.30? Uh, that makes sense. You'd be packing stuff up. You'd be nah, like, hey, don't nobody nah, fool with because, me. Honestly, I wouldn't because if you know anything about like how shows run or like how events run, especially in what we do, you just kind of expect everything to be like 30 minutes off. Like our show got pushed back with like an hour, right? Mm-hmm. Because the DJ showed up like 30 minutes before the show was going to start. So what is DJ then like now? Press and play? Nah, he was like scratch, dude. Nah, he was scratching. He was scratching. Like, he was like, he was so going crazy, crazy. like blending mixes. Did you already like, meet the DJ? I already know him. I know. So him. he knew what to scratch and how to scratch, or did you have to just on the fly figure it out? Nah, he already had my songs like set up. Like I had already set my set list. Like, so did you already hear his scratching pre him showing it to the fans? Is what I'm asking. Yeah. Oh, so you had already... I had an idea who he was okay. before Eve came I mean, through. on stage, how does that work? Like, do you have, like, certain X marks? Because I know if you... I watch on my church, and then I watch online. I mean, online, and then I go actually to the church. And mm-hmm. the pastor has, like, an X or certain location he has to be for a certain audio to get out. There's a certain threshold line where he can go past where the audio cuts out. Like, how do you practice that? It depends on the venue. Like, so, I was taught that when you do shows, like, after doing so many shows... Uh, if you have speakers that sit in front of you, your threshold line is essentially like... Now, you I do see, realize you're on an audio recording, so you throwing out hand signals, but I can oh, see. Okay. Nobody well, on the fans can see. So. Well, I explain it as I go. Go ahead. But you essentially like a step behind the speakers. So when, you, um, when you're performing, that way the, the mic don't get too much feedback, you can pretty much work anywhere but like around there. Unless, mm-hmm. And if you start going like in front of the speakers and stuff like that, then you might leave yourself open to like shitty audio so i was like that's not where i want to start the podcast i'm sure good whatever time it is people welcome to the i speak code switch podcast by trevon allen today i am accompanied by the guy who makes sure i sound like i know what i'm doing my engineer uh entrepreneur rapper cam or as i know his federal name I'm just playing, nah. But I'm accompanied by my brother. We've been brothers legit for what, 10 years now? 12, 15 years? Been um, my father and his mother got married and made us wear shirts that said we were going to get along and tied our ankles together. It didn't work then, but once we figured out we both love music all the same. It worked out. I guess we cut the rope. <laughs> so, I'm going to ask you my first question that I ask every single guest. Who are you? I am. Who are you? That I am. And that is? Is. That's not an answer. I mean, well, you're being, right? What does a being mean? Because I didn't ask who I am. I asked who you are. I know. But you're my engineer, so you know that question. So For sure. I anticipated of that. Course. So are you music? Music is something I do. How do you do music without being music? Streams of consciousness. How about that? Consciousness have identity. So therefore, who are you? Can't. 
There we go. <laughs> now let's start there. <laughs> Who is Cam? Is this a figure? Is this a lifestyle? Is this a being? A being before a lifestyle. Or is it a am? <laughs> <laughs> it's an am, for sure. With the C in front of it? It's an am, for sure. Yeah. Oh, wait, we PC today? Be whoever you need to be. Just need you to be honest with I'm yourself. Do what you want. All right. Um, I'm, Cam is my quote-unquote artist persona, but it's not an actual persona. It's essentially just, I say, the most vulnerable side of me because that's what I have to put in, as far as my music goes. Now, the people who personally know me, I go by different names. I call you Cameron. Exactly. And then, you know, I got folks who know me, know me, like, like know me from... Forever way yeah, back. Call me CJ. So... I just can't call you CJ because the middle name is Jermaine, and you know how I feel about Jermaine Lamar. Cole. Jermaine? <laughs> you know what they say about them Jermaine's? No, I don't. My name is Trevon. I know. <laughs> you wouldn't know. Mm. So... I do research. How does one become Cam? Um... Uh, uh, when I essentially started rapping, I started rapping when I was 15. That's when I actually like decided I was going to mm. do that. Dad said you were writing rap saying you hate him. I don't know about I that. I heard you had the, when I become my mama's boyfriend. You <laughs> <laughs> said I pulled a Kanye? Yeah, a Kanye. I heard you was in the, acting like uh, Boys in the Hood when Cooper Gooden Jr. started fighting the air, but you was doing it on the pen and the paper. That's funny. That's funny. Writing is the first place I learned how to get a lot of my frustrations out. And I get grounded for it. So you take them L's too, because you know when they read it, they not, when they being you, they not telling you that they was reading what you said. You know what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to write it down, then put it in your head like whole passion. (laughs) Well, I ain't got to that point where I memorize it. Memorization is intentional with me. So you've been doing music for 10 years. Yeah, it's a 10 years. You still enjoy the concept of Writing stuff down. Oh yeah, I ain't gonna lie. I'm. I rather write before I freestyle because I feel like the art of writing is going away because uh, because p- some people think that you can just go off the fly and just create something. And but my work is intentional. So well, in order to be intentional, you got to sit down and actually have a full, fully completed thought. Do you in this day? Um, my next question I have for you is why music, but I'm going to give you some pretext to why I just said what I said. For sure. And then I'm going to need you to ask why music. I Do people need someone to elaborately think when we are moving in such a microwave attention span? People don't care to marinate. People care to eat the steak, whether it's seasonless or not. They're just hungry. True. I mean, but who says you can't have substance and flavor? This new generation. I mean... Because none of these artists pride themselves on their penmanship. Yeah, but that's why they worked on last long. But do they need to work the last long? They need the microwave food. Does microwave food taste better than an oven baked? No. But do they fill you up all the same? No. They put food in your stomach. They might not fulfill you all the same. Yeah, but think about it like this. If you eat fast food, think about it like this. If you eat fast food, mm-hmm. like let's say me and you go and get a McDonald's burger right now. Never. I mean, we, I'm not trying to do like that because really? I live like that. You know what I'm saying? I upgraded my lifestyle a little bit. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But <laughs> Keep going. Chick-fil-A. Oh, I'm a signature <laughs> member. Don't, don't talk dirty on that. But if I'm to eat McDonald's 
I promise you, if me and you was to get something small like a double cheeseburger or something like that, mm-hmm. it wouldn't last us about an hour and a half if we're moving. Mm-hmm. That's not fulfilling. That's not nutritious. Your body don't gain nothing from it. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing to mm-hmm. extract from it. There's no, there's nothing there. So essentially, a lot of people just cool with having nothing and saying that it's something. So why choose music? Because to me, this is just me. Music seems to be an art that is laced. It's the only art I've seen in this day and age that has not appreciated in value over time. I chose music essentially not because I ain't gonna lie to be honest with you. Music chose me. Okay. It wasn't really like a. It wasn't really like some I thought I was ever gonna be in mm-hmm. because I started public speaking at like nine. Okay. So I started and. I, I, and I originally started writing poetry like fourth grade. So I never really had intentions of it ever becoming music until I got to a point where I'm like, okay, I can do this. Like it wasn't until I had a confidence in myself where I was like, okay, if I was to map this out between nine and the next 10 years, I could actually make something of myself. And I ain't gonna lie, every time I do something now, I had that, that feeling of, I told you. I told you. Now, I would think as a musician, everything you see is everything you record. Why don't you have a pen and a paper in your hand all day and night? Nah, ain't no point in that. Okay. Ain't no point in that because I feel like you're supposed to observe life through your own perspective and be able to, you're not supposed to just sit there and study it pen to paper because that's how you, that's how you formulaically make everything. And that's not how, that's not how art is done. Art is done through intention of experience. And if you're writing down every experience, are you really experiencing? Or are you just going through the motions? And me and my partner have that argument a lot via photos. When I go places, I really am bad about photos. I I hate taking pictures. But the older I get, the more I do realize a photo does bring me back. As long as I'm not taking a million pictures, but I count just at least one time, that's my improvement now. I've gotten better because I'm enjoying life a little bit more. Because we come from a family that don't take pictures. Not for real. No, well, not for real. In all fairness, we all came from, once we were united, we were in different walks of life. I mean, you lived with my father, Amaya and Rankin lived with their parents, me and Kiera lived with our parents. We all came in and had a weekend to try to act as one. So the concept of creating the image, documenting the image was even more difficult than creating the image because we struggled to create the image because we were so many different images being put together. It's like putting Basquiat with Picasso. I said Picasso. Picasso, Picasso. with Mozart and Mozart's yeah. music out of nowhere. Right. It's right. difficult. They might all be genius in themselves, but once you unite, putting all that together and expecting it to act as one is mm-hmm. quite unimaginable. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, I get that. I ain't gonna lie and be like I'm like you. Like I shied away from pictures. Mm-hmm. Like most of my life for real. I still shy away from pictures. But you're an artist. I know. And the concept of being a music artist nowadays is more visual than actually it is. the music's the last thing that people analyze once exactly. you become a musician, which I've come to realize. So as a person who and in this day and age, a lot of the new artists who are talented seem to be very introverted. And you kind of just present it, you don't like really being shown off or seen. How does your music get through your introvertedness? Um because to be honest with you, most introverts have a deep internal thought process. So they already have an understanding of themselves, almost like how 
people who think externally have a sense of the world. Mm -hmm. So the same way you think that like this, how this country is or how this world is, or just like subdivisions of just thought, mm -hmm. you can sit there and pretty much analyze yourself and pretty much have a connection to everybody else. Because if you think about it, we all really the same. Mm -hmm. Well, we all, we different, but yeah, it's no, one, we all bleed. We all feel trauma. Some try to hide trauma and some try to live out past the trauma. Exactly, and I see music like how people see paintings on the wall, like art, mm -hmm. like like high 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 value art. Okay. I don't see it like um, you got to take this picture and be in this spot and do this because in my brain, I feel like just because the state of music is so behind on me, I got to be behind. I've come to realize the more I get into uh, publicizing and being more visual towards the world. The more I enjoy certain arts, such as, you know, my fiance, she paints a lot. And I I've so come to learn to love an abstract and love an image, and it puts some type of hope in me. I mean, every image in my house that she's painted has some sense of a story to it. I mean, some sense of pain. You can tell which ones are painful, which ones are pleasurable, and which ones are at peace. Mm -hmm. So I start to visualize all art, all music, similar. Going to the music topic, I did have another question I did want to ask you. First Amendment and music, are they enemies? First Amendment and music? Do you know what the First Amendment is? Nah, go ahead, say it. The First Amendment gives you the right to speak, freedom of speech. For sure. Are you talking about do they have freedom of speech and music? Yes. Are uh, they enemies or what are they? Do they work together? Can they work together? Uh, Yeah, for sure. But... The way in which time here now. You don't have to be PC. <laughs> All right, cool. The way in which folks acting now, people feel like they got to miss their words. And I feel like the more people feel like they got to miss their words, the more scared people are going to be to produce art. But at the same time, I'm also not the person that's about to sit here and incriminate nobody on the record because I'm smart enough to understand that if you're going to tell the story, you're supposed to do this in a tasteful way. You're not just supposed to sit here and be so literal because, well, I mean, or you can't be literal. I can't tell nobody how to do that. Well, right, but. to interject, my father, our father, said, told me today, actually, his biggest thing with an artist, if you don't have the ability to be a great storyteller, he can't feel you and he can't listen. Some people can only tell the story as the absolute truth. Which I respect that. And with the First Amendment, you should be protected to have the freedom of your speech. Yeah, but you So know, why are music and freedom of speech not connected? Is it music or is it rap music? It's music. because is Rap it music, music is the targeted. Is, because it, is it music or is it rap music? Because um, if a country music singer make a song about, hey, weed. and I just kill somebody, nobody's going to bat an eye. He's not gonna face no charges. A white country artist, but white country artist for sure. But you know what I'm saying? There yeah, will be there, there will be no like actual consequences behind that. It's only in the form of art. It's only in the form of rap art. Wrong people would say. Would say rock rock music's been known to create riots, which causes mosh pits, which is technically your freedom of speech can create a crime. Name a, name a person in rock who called an indictment off their own song lyrics. Travis Scott. That's not rock. What is it? Hip hop. He's rock. He's hip hop. Mosh pits are hip hop? A subdivision of hip hop. I think they're a baby between hip hop and rock. 
but it's not rock. If it was rock, he wouldn't. Who's more? What is rock it? is tempo. Rock is live instruments. Rock is a feeling. No, I mean no. all music is a feeling. No, not all music. Country, all music is a feeling. Do you consider country music a legitimate feeling? Yes, to, not to me, but to others. Yes, because my my biological loves country music. Oh, so people are getting a feeling from it. Okay. But rock artists don't catch indictments. Mm. And technically, Travis didn't catch an indictment. From what his music did to him, his freedom of speech cost him money. But that's rap. And when it came to time for a crime, he his statement, it ain't a mosh pit if there's no injuries, yeah, got him in more indictments than what it should have. Yeah but, I, yeah, but I've also, like, I work with an engineer who works, like, metal bands. And with metal bands, they actually do real mosh pits with their real fights. And no one's caught an indictment. No crime for that? No. So you think freedom of speech is... It's that... It's that, racially motivated yeah. as well. Uh, It's genre then racially. How about that? Because I want to put... Because I'm... I'm you can put classism and racism kind of like... As one? As, as one, essentially. Okay. So then if you think... Autumn-isms. Freedom of speech is only... So your theory is freedom of speech... Only applies to everything but rap. Uh, essentially. Okay. So, what are your thoughts on this current state with Young Thug, Gunna? This is where I was headed towards. Okay. With, because or these or drill music in its own self, this genre of truth telling is storytelling, all or less. But it should be protected by the First Amendment. No, for sure, it should. It should. It should. As in, like, I feel like. As well, I can't tell law enforcement how to do their job because I ain't no law enforcement mm -hmm. and I ain't trying to be a part of it and I don't want nothing to do with no law enforcement, honestly. But if you are, if you have viable evidence mm -hmm. to a case, the last place that you should look is the art because it's a cop out. Because essentially everyone's not telling the truth and everyone's not all the way lying either. So it's like the internet also. Like, how you don't know if everything on the internet is true or a lie. You're just assuming, and those assumptions. It's true if you have enough following to say it's true. Fair enough, <laughs> but fair enough. But when we're talking about the whole pool of using mm -hmm. these things in the first place, you're not sure of if this is the truth or if this is a lie. But you're using this to validate something that you uh, you feel as though you already have leads on, okay. instead of using the actual leads as your weight. Let me tie this back into even if you don't say something, you're incriminating my freedom of speech. What Jermaine mean? Lamar Cole is an artist, or J. Cole, formerly known as. Never has been affiliated with any type of sub-gang genre or any violence of some sort. His music really promotes being a regular couch fan. Uh, because of his ability to make music, he has acquired fame and desires to help people out. Ergo, creating a studio in a neighborhood. Because of his freedom of speech to make music and create income, there was a belief that he was selling drugs, strictly based off of his freedom of speech. In his freedom of speech, I'm giving a story. I love it. In his freedom of speech, they set up and spend lots and lots of money to investigate this studio that also permits freedom of speech to other people. And your business rights, and they come in, the SWAT team breaks the doors down based off of a suspicion 
no actual evidence and no words to incriminate him other than the word of being famous and an artist. All to find out, they've spent billions, well, millions of dollars or thousands, I don't know, a lot of money wasted just to figure out this is a studio instead of knocking on a door and saying, hey, what is it going on here? Why can hip hop not, and this might be a little too much, why can't we trick the government into losing money so they can leave us alone? It's like setting a snare trap. Mm-hmm. Why don't we start misdirecting these people the way we need to and make the first commitment our weapon? Lie. Draw them to a million places and give them a million different reasons to believe it. Or give so many stories funneled through the music that the lies misdirect them and then they'll leave us alone. Is I mean, that possible? I mean, for sure it's possible, but to get an entire group of people to be reconditioned out of that is going to be... Drill music. Create ah drill music to me. It's, Everybody ain't telling the truth. But <laughs> if the ops are all in cahoots and work together, they could waste so much money that the government would then deem it to be unnecessary to keep investigating via the music. For sure. But you need more than just one case where one could get off, or a Takashi Six Nine, where he doesn't get off, he becomes an informant. Yeah. So. Why can't music be more powerful enough to get people off our backs? Slaves sang to find a way to freedom. How can we not find our way to freedom in this day and age? Freedom from our freedom to our civil rights. How can we not do that? Is what I ask. It has a, it has a lot to do with uh, social engineering because if you can essentially get in the heads of thousand of impoverished youth and you have an understanding because you do realize most of the most of the people who have control in this world already have an understanding of the basic psychology of people they understand what they see is who they become so if you can control what somebody see how people act just by putting certain certain pieces of just by putting certain pieces of information in front of their face, that you can control the actions that they do, therefore controlling how they're going to react to certain situations. And if you had a proper infrastructure, you can pretty much lie and wait until it's time to catch them on the back end. So, if they ever do anything. So in your head, the first amendment of music actually do not go off. For the people who understand how to use it, it does. Like... I consider myself as a person who understands how to use it. You also have no criminal ties when it comes to your music, so you can't promote something you don't actually... You For could, sure. but you choose not to. For sure. But what you do promote is regaining your power, which makes you a criminal. They could then incite that you are leading a gang because the person who creates the label on the gang isn't you, it's someone else. So if you incite a bunch of people to find their own freedoms live their truth without committing crime, if you are deemed dangerous enough via your freedom of speech and music, you can become a gang. And you can't say, I'm not a gang. They say you're a gang. And they make the rules, they make the laws. Exactly. So that's further proving my point. That further submitment of music don't get along. That further proves my point, for one. And then for two, they actually can't do that if I don't have any um, trail to anything that's dangerous. Your music is your trail. Yeah, but whether most, you're promoting positivity or negativity, you can then become a gang leader. Some people could say mm, this might be on an aggressive mm, stance. A church could be considered a gang. 
I can't always agree if with that. If the government chooses or deems it I can't, I can't agree with that because, yeah, they say it's separation between church and state, but it's really not because churches don't pay taxes. You can say a pastor who has a following and leads a congregation could be considered a gang if the government deems it necessary to call him a gang leader. So a musician okay. who says, go out, love, and find your truth, grow your business, can then be seen as a gang member if he gets enough people to do it, if they find your message to be damaging to their image in any sort of way. And they write the rules that say what a gang is. It's not what you interpret. It's what they determine. Fair. So do the First Amendment and music get along? Mm-hmm. That means they're not using the First Amendment. No, they're using their First Amendment that they created. Exactly. So that's why we got to consider what is the First Amendment. Does it get along with music, though? But what is the First Amendment then? Because we didn't changed up. Well, the First Amendment... Because if if the First Amendment is whatever they deem the First Amendment to be, then there is no First Amendment. Therefore, the First Amendment and music can't go along because the First Amendment don't exist. Uh, Until it needs to. What you mean, until it needs to? Well, if they need it to work for them, your words, you're free to speak and you're free to put yourself in prison via your speech. Mm. You get what I'm saying? So... In my, mm. I think this is an ongoing question, and you yeah, can, this is, you can make your your round, and I can make my round. But what I sure. believe is, you do not have the freedom of speech, especially not in music, because you're in music, your voice is projected more than in just common conversation. Fair, okay, fair. Alright. Because I know me, because I know me and you can sit there and like we'll have an hour. We'll argument. sit there and talk about that same thing for like two hours. My next art my next not argument, conversation I want to have. Writer's block. Ooh. Okay. What is writer's block? Writer's block is when uh you have no inspiration and you're forcing yourself to have a creative output without actually taking the time to live life first. And it took me a few years to get that. Hmm. You not actually watching and allowing life to lead you towards the clues. You just telling yourself that I got to do something. Most people on this earth feel like we got to will things into existence, even though if we don't have the will. And that only does something but impede our progress and hurt our our physicals. Whether we understand it or not, trying to find the will to do something or trying to uh, keep up with a pace that ain't yours will lead you into a place that you don't need to be. Now, I'm a fitness head, so I will have to give you some pushback, whether I agree or disagree. In the gym, I'm taught you go to failure, and once you keep failing, that failure will then become the next benchmark. So, in the gym, if I, when I first started, I could only lift 180 pounds at the maximum. It almost killed me. I failed. I kept working towards that goal. I got to 230. Then I got to 250. So that first drop of success past my failure led me to believe you have to repeat that behavior, which then is considered will. How, as a writer, you didn't start out the best rapper in the world. For sure. You had to fail. For sure. You had to fail to then increase your ability to be a better rapper. 
For sure. So? I got one question, though. Answer. Did you move at your own pace? Or did you move at someone else's pace? For everyone, that could probably be different. And absolutely, for me, I moved at my own pace. There we go. But in other situations in life, I probably have moved on otherworldly paces. Exactly. But It's a duality to that. Yeah, but moving at an other person's pace just means that you're not in alignment with how you're moving. You don't know. You have That means you haven't found your own rhythm, your own rhythm that benefits you and allows you to have the true growth because you can move at everybody else's pace and not go nowhere. But in music, if you stay at the pace you're at, what if your pace is 10 years behind what the actual pace of the world is? How does your music connect? Music is not meant to be at the pace of where everybody is at. Music is actually meant more so to stand out than it is to like become in this box. That's why nobody's interested in music anymore. Well, don't you treat music almost like a documentation of some sort? Music I almost do. documents <laughs> I do. what's going on. But if your what's going on is so 10 years behind, how do you affect uh, the now? Because what if someone says in your music now, you know, my pager went off. You have smartphones. You can't relate to that, even if the pager was giving you an important message. I mean, if you behind, you behind, but it's an audience for everything. That is true. So... As far as music goes, you just kind of got to do what's authentic to you because at the end of the day, you're not, we're not, it was never a time where you're supposed to, it's supposed to be one person speaking to the entire world. Okay. It's supposed to be a person speaking to their audience in order to get them to understand and have a connection with them because music is a relationship. Oh, that should be the title. Ah. Uh, music is a relationship. Come so, on, man. My next question is... What gets you through writer's block? How do you do it? Have you have you had to go different ways to get to it? I want to know all of it. The floor is yours. Rest. Rest? Rest. So stop doing a task that you've been so accustomed to. Yes. Makes you better. At, yes. Huh. Now, in the gym, I do agree with that. You do have to have your rest days for the muscles to break down and then be ready for the next jump. Mm-hmm. If you don't rest, you're not... If you rest is more important than we've been taught to value it because people who understand, like I said, back to the conversation about people who social engineer the world have an understanding of psychology. If you tell everybody that they don't need to get no rest, then you understand that they'll never grow. Oh, so you can then prohibit them from being and you can then keep and then you can also keep them running on that same hamster wheel. If you never get off the hamster wheel, you'll never know what it's like to be out the cage. Well. Yeah, yeah, don't have no argument there. Um, let me see. Have you ever hated music? Mm, hated music? No. Hated things that come with music? Yes. Okay. As an independent artist, me and you argue about industry all the time. And my biggest argument with you is you're not directly in the industry so how can you dictate what the industry is actually doing or have an opinion on the outside looking in i can't dictate nothing the most i can do is have an opinion and have an understanding because whatever happens in the industry is going to have a trickle down effect to people like me okay but every every single piece in this puzzle as far as like this industry leads leads down from the top to the bottom and it don't skip a beat so if one person in the if one person in the industry moves a certain way, it has a direct connotation to somebody at the bottom ability to survive. 
So a lot of times I view things from that from that perspective because I feel like if you have a lot of power and influence, you should understand the responsibility that comes with it. And understand that you're not just providing um you're not just providing substances, sub substance, whatever, for just the I'm people that yeah, I, you know, I'd be trying to figure it out. But you ain't just providing for just the people that you got around you. You providing for people you don't know and never will meet. Charles Barkley said, as a basketball player, I'm not a role model. Why can't an artist say, I'm not a role model? Just because you're talented at something. Should that give you then the power to influence? You're going to have that power to influence if you got a talent because people polarize by it. Anyway, so and then I'm not telling nobody that you got to be a role model because you don't have to be a role model. You know okay. whatever you want. Like, I don't aspire to be a role model myself. But I do understand that as far as, like, the decisions that you make or the things that you don't pay attention to can be the shots that people who you don't know who need you are going to take. Now, if I'm going to try to see the family because I have told you this countless amount of times as your brother. Everything you do, whether you notice it or not, influences everybody around you. Mm -hmm. And you argue back with me, it's not my responsibility to influence them. But if you do carry a certain light and a, a certain leadership, it ultimately is a decision you can't make. You're forced to be a leader without your own cognizance. How do you fight your own natural light? Um, You got to... You got to be able to make your own decisions independent of what you think people are going to do, but also be cognizant of what's going to happen when you do it. Like, I have, I, I be understanding, like, folks' perception, mostly because before I make a decision, I don't change my decision, but I understand what my decision going to do. Like, I'm not here to sit here and be like, okay, I'm making all these decisions to ensure that, like, this, this, like, I have those plans in place, but I understand that you you more so have to be mindful than you have to be, than you have to be, like, changing mm -hmm. what you do. You Does that to, not weigh on you? That would give me writer's block knowing no matter what I say, it could affect someone for the positive or it could affect someone for the negative. If I say life is good, let's be great. That could be the step that gets someone over the edge to say, I'm done with life. How How do you... I couldn't sleep at night with that kind of power. Well, I feel like the power is in the intention more than it is in the words. And then, how as an artist, when you encounter something that makes you feel so passionate, how do you withhold giving something that feels so natural to the world because I know some artists, like say when George Floyd was killed, I'm sure a lot of artists had a certain feel about that and they wanted to project that energy. How do you withhold saying what you truly feel because you know it can do more damage? Uh, knowing when to say it. Like, maybe when somebody dies is not always the best time to talk. But more so after time has passed and you can grab the attention of somebody and sit them down and be like, all right, this is what these are. And and people be real cliche. People want to talk about the surface level of things and not the why, not mm -hmm. the how we got there. Mm -hmm. And if you and if you give some time, if you have a point to get across, mm -hmm. most of the time your point to get across has to do with what somebody is doing or or the behaviors and stuff that people ain't paying attention to that you're trying to bring to their awareness. 
Sometimes you need to allow time to grieve. Sometimes you need to time it right because you sound like the Heart Part Five right now. Exactly, but you but but you got the Heart Part Five is a song by Kendrick Lamar where in this song he gives perspective of things after all of the traumatic stuff has occurred, and then he gives it in what he believes to be the people he's perceiving's perception. Mm-hmm. And you said like with death, Nip passed away. What year? 19? That 2019. That was like the summer of 2019, yeah, Nip, right? Nipsey Hussle oh, like, passed away in 2019. And it seemed like up until 2021, everyone and their mother felt a direct connect, connection with Nip and they propelled themselves via this man's death. Mm-hmm. Kendrick seems to have waited after all the dust had settled and almost it had become a forgotten thought to then give his perception to almost... But some people will say that opened up an old wound that they thought were closed. And some people will say that was the actual healing I need. Well, it's the same thing like how, how sometimes me and you have arguments or or like disputes or something. Sometimes in the middle of the argument might not be the best time to like get the, to get the information across. Now, me, I'm the type of person where I can... I can do two things at one time. I can hear what you're saying and mm-hmm. still like defend myself. And disagree. Right. Aggressively. For sure. You already know how I get. But sometimes, but I but over time I kind of learned that like sometimes you gotta wait it, wait, wait it, like time it. Mm-hmm. Because I might have a lot to say, but if I know that that message gonna get overlooked because people too busy doing exactly what I'm telling them not to do. Like, that's not going to really help nobody because I didn't really receive the information. No, they're trying to get away with something. <laughs> they trying to get off. In a relationship, I would say, the hardest thing about learning to be able to relationship is learning to, when you're in a conversation with someone and you disagree, listening to respond rather than listening to react is the most difficult thing. Because people don't take words as a reaction, but it truly is. A response isn't always what you say, it's sometimes what you do. And when you're learning, like certain music with me, I've got the older I get, I, have, I can't react straight to it. Like, uh, and we're gonna get to uh, the Kendrick Lamar. His Auntie Diaris, is that right? Diaris, yeah. yeah. I realize people react to the lyrics of the F word more than that because people are in Than the actual song because mm-hmm. they were listening to react. Mm-hmm. Rather than to respond. Exactly. You're going to catch people who going to just want to respond in the first place without actually understanding what you're talking about. But if, but I also think that sometimes when things are said, sometimes when you first bring something up, it's not always the time to have that conversation. Mm. I feel like, I feel like if you want to get the point across, if you can tell, like, it be times where I say something and I know that this is a situation where somebody's just listening to respond. Mm-hmm. Okay. I might still, like, butt heads because I know I'm just a persistent person like that. Mm-hmm. But I also do understand in the back of my head, I'm going to have to come back to this mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, this point still matters. Kind of back to my who are you question when you were trying to react and instead I responded accordingly to get Come the response on, now, you know, I, I can't, you know? I'm, I'm getting it. average at this podcast <laughs> one of these days I'm going to become a, a professional I mean you already professional if you think about it oh. because in our reality the only difference between you and the professional is the, is the image and, what, and the box they put around it if I came in here and set up three cardboard paper like uh, with your logo 
three cardboard like cutouts. I gotta get right here. <laughs> I know, but if I sit here and line these up, put a camera right there, and did a nice design that looked aesthetically pleasing to people, and I sat here and I put you on YouTube and I put ads behind it, like a thousand dollar ads behind it every week, you would be considered a professional because now you have a team, you have a set, you have a. It's not professionalism is more so imagery. Yeah. And then, exactly, the action is what matters to me. Can you do it? You know what I'm saying? Are you good at what you do? Can you consistently do this over a course of time? Can you uh, improve upon your value? I question when I ask anybody what they do. I don't do podcasting for the money. I mean, hell, I make a lot of money in engineering on my own. I mean, I don't, I don't need it. I don't need podcasting, but I do believe the world, we've come to a place where we can't have conversations anymore. And me as a person, I consider myself a, how do you put it, um, a hybrid. For sure. I've been in the engineering world. I've been in the music world. I've been in the athletic world. I've been in too many worlds not to be able to project. So you world hopping? Pause. Pause. <laughs> Also, I've been in the comedy world sometimes. <laughs> My dad. Well, nah, that's <laughs> a real comedian. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like I was saying, I, I'm in a world now. I, I, I notice all these worlds I'm t- connected to, no one knows how to communicate in any facet. For sure. And success only happens when communication is the most important thing to anybody. I mean, athletes, you can hear a good team on a basketball court way faster than you can hear a bad team. Because you know what a bad team says? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> That's the answer. Or, you know what a bad podcaster has to say? Nah, Nothing. Talking about nothing. Get yeah. off the microphone. Put it away. Yeah. Don't nobody want to hear that. But Talk about something. No. Find something to get Actually, into. That's where you're wrong at. In this day and age, we have flipped the script. Nobody wants to hear anything. That's what nobody wants to hear. <laughs> Everybody wants to just have a reason to react. It's if ego, you can sit down, you can get someone tied in by saying something racially incriminating for 10 seconds rather than teaching someone how to be financially literate for an hour. And you're going to always get the people who want to hear the negative just because it's easier to remain in pain. Mm-hmm. It is. But it's, pri- it's pride and ego. Music is Stop pain. doing it to your heart. <laughs> you're going to catch heart failure at 67. Please don't do that to yourself. Oh, God. Back to music. <laughs> Be a better person. Have you dealt with what most artists seem to deal with after they have acquired success? People telling you you're not rapping about being in pain anymore. And that means you've switched up because you've started the healing process. <laughs> no. Well, I haven't gotten that point because most of the people who listen to my music uh, just want to heal my journey. Mm. Because from the time I started this, all my music was more so about my internal journey that it was about pain. I put joy, I put, first, you know what I'm saying? I put all, every emotion. So is music I go your therapy or do you got your own other versions of therapy? Music is part of my therapy because music is part of my therapy because I ain't, I, I, I'm, I'm all right at communication. I could be a whole lot better. But he can rap with her. I know, exactly, right? But I know how to put words together in order to get my feelings across as far as like, because it's like, it's easier to talk when you have nobody to say, Oh, oh! This is the right thing to say. Mm. In music, I can say whatever I want, and I know how to put well, it. Unless the person didn't grab you, 
They ain't gonna drink. Keep going. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I ain't playing. Um, I see you working way better to get shots in. Well, I mean, the more I, the people I encounter, I'm starting to realize everybody has the same story. Musicians have the same everybody story. Everybody do the same as thing. As PT people, as friends, as family. You know what I'm saying? Everyone seems to struggle with the same I don't thing. Know why people, in a different way. And I don't know why people act like we all so different. I think, and I ain't gonna lie to you, and this is gonna sound crazy, but I think words is like the lowest form of communication. Yes. Like, Sometimes, well, and I know that to be true because I'm also peculiar about energies that transfer. I don't let certain people touch me. Nah, and I don't right. let certain people in my home because certain people air could affect my energy in my own home. Yeah. Not even a word they say. It's sometimes the breath. Exactly. Sometimes it's the mental state. Sometimes I'm one of those people. If I see you mentally and I stand at the door, I'm gonna say, "I see you. I love you. I need you to be here, present with me." Because you can't heal someone if you don't acknowledge someone's hurting. Exactly. But most people, I mean, you have to also, you have those, the people that's hurting also have to acknowledge that they hurting too. No. They have to. Not because, always. Kevin. Because healing is internal. You can't it's, make them, you can't, you can lead the horse to water. You can't make them drink. How about this, Cameron? If I'm walking on my journey with no shoes on all day and night and my feet are being blistered when I'm getting to my journey, if someone says, sees me walking and gives me shoes, I can't turn them down because I'm dealing with my, I want to deal with my own internal pain. I'm at that nah, point now. Nah, I, I realize humans, we damage ourselves more internally than anyone can externally. So it's not really your role to heal yourself internally because you are the one who's giving yourself the most criticism naturally. It's a natural human thing. For sure. Every human always puts it in, how could I have been better? And because I don't of know that, you're, you're you're gonna be your naturalist biggest critic. I know I do that. Every time I get on my podcast, I say I could have talked this better. I shouldn't have interrupted. And so, someone will tell me we believe this was your best. And it could be a million and one people saying this was my best podcast. I'm at that point. If I thought I did a bad job, I'm searching for that one person who said you did wrong. That's I'm not doing this for a certain reason other than. You naturally want to improve yourself. And the only way to believe you can improve yourself is to put the most damage on yourself. So it might be someone else's responsibility to help you understand you are damaging yourself. And that can internally fix you. Because half our problems we face, they aren't real problems until we make them real problems. Fair. Um, I don't know if I'm 100% agree with you by healing has to be like so abrasive. Because if you're seeking for help, if somebody offers help, you're going to accept it. That's still your responsibility to accept it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not, like. <sighs> Go ahead. Give it to me. It ain't your, it ain't, it ain't, it's no one's responsibility to ensure that you heal. The only thing that people are responsible for is things that they choose to be responsible for. You can't make somebody help you heal. You can go seek for it and get it because I truly believe anything you seek on this earth, you will get. Okay, what it is. But what if you don't know what you're seeking? At a certain point, okay, and I'm not, I, this is just arguing, just for the sake of argument, and we're going to keep the argument going. At a certain point, a family can see that you're an addict 
and they could do the step that stops you from, from continuing to be an addict. And you might say, well, no, it wasn't until I decided. Sometimes yes. someone can influence you enough to make you make a decision. So therefore, it might not be your own decision. It's someone else's decision. But you ultimately have been disguised and been told it's your decision. Like our parents. Sometimes our parents will tell us no because I said so. And we think they're trying to get in our way. And the second they give us what we wanted so bad, we end up screwing ourselves up so we cause our own pain. Humans naturally do that because we naturally want to go against no one being more right than we are as well. I don't want someone to tell me, Trey, you are too dependent Mm -hmm. on being around people. You should be by yourself. You said what? I'm not answering. Go ahead. All right. So it all depends on if, okay, every human was designed with an internal system that knows more than they do. Mm -hmm. And when a situation is wrong, internally, we all have a system that is designed inside of us to understand that wrong. You know when it's wrong. Now, our reactions to it can be because of us living in our lower nature, a.k.a. our pride, our ego, our basically getting in your own way. And if you allow your perception of your humanity to get inside your own progress, then you will reject the things that will lead you towards a place of healing. Of healing. It's going to happen because you have an internal system that knows, like, like perfect example, it's a lot of people living in, it's a lot of people living in conditions that weren't conducive to their own healing. And because they was living in the conditions, they just had to, they, that's the only way in which they knew to, that's the only way they wish they knew to maneuver. You know how but, I argue with you? Via music. Me and you talked yesterday and you said, you miss when Blank the Rapper was on drugs. His music was better. It was more conducive to you. And also when Mr. Not Afraid. afraid was on drugs. You want to have a drug conversation? And your theory is when they were hurting and in pain, they were at a better state for the world. But now they're healing themselves. It doesn't connect because what people truly want to hear is trauma. No one wants to hear healing. Music can't be healing in a world that wants to hear trauma. Ergo, Kendrick Lamar album, I truly believe, and this is where I'm headed towards my thoughts on Kendrick Lamar's album, it will not be received by people who are not ready to deal with their traumas. For sure. Because he is healing over his trauma. He understands he has far to go, but he understands he's not as far as he was. For sure. People do not want to hear that in this new society. It does not matter yeah. how much. People love a bitch don't kill my vibe or swimming pools because it's but pain. But them the same thing. They're pain. But that's the but they're but both but his message ain't changed. Who he is ain't changed. What he trying to get across ain't changed. He was still trying to get healing even with that. It's just they chose to ignore it. If you already understand that the majority of this world live in a lower nature. Majority, majority of this world living in the lower nature, so of course that's what's going to be perceived as what people want. But in our reality, do we really have a touch on what people want? We don't. Well, we have a touch on what group think. 
because in our reality, we don't know what the full, as vast as this society is, I done moved states. So I done met a lot of people. More people are searching for healing than is documented. But as long as you can keep the idea of what the world is in a group think way, then you gonna always be able to say, hey, society want this. Society's like this. Do you think black culture is all about white men? Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's just keep on. For I'm sure. not arguing there either way, brother. Because, man, the <laughs> and things... And sold off, and it just... Listen, <laughs> I'm just saying, the things we as a community have decided to be angry about Crazy. and the things we've decided not to be angry about are quite opposite spectrums. Because folks just... Man, I believe most of this is social engineering. Ain't nobody, nobody really knows. It's funny because we got the most connectivity and don't nobody really know what people think. Well, because you thought we got lazy. The concept of a cell phone or technology being able to get a message out made us believe that maybe we could communicate easier. You know how hard it is to sit down for an hour with a human being and have a conversation that can be constructive in some sort of way. I don't think it's that hard. You practice it a lot. I mean, you speak on a daily basis. True. We didn't get there from day one. That's true. At one point in our lives, we would have conversations to be so fearful of what we truly believe that we would omit and then not reveal who we truly are. Me and you are way different. For sure. I am a love on the world. The world has hope. You are on the, I'm not giving hope to someone who does not believe they need hope. Mm, I'm not going to say that. I can't say that I'm like that. Do you I love think the world I, in the same sense I love the world? For sure. Just in a different way. Because I feel like me and you, me, I feel like me and you got the same more so attitude about wanting to, about wanting to help and be of service and pretty much be like uh, an advantage to people who don't have an advantage. Mm -hmm. It's just our ways of going about it is a little bit different. You have a more, uh, you have a more, um, Give it a you have a more diplomatic approach to uh, assisting people and I'm a type of person with you have a revolutionary image you do you give it's natural You, but I ain't tried it ain't okay. like I tried to be like this it's so just who I'm in have you heard High for Hours by J. Cole yeah, for sure. I'm under the strong sense that if an abused person gains the power they become the abuser because the actual healing never occurs just the roles have become reversed and I live now Yes, the pain is there. But if I want the power to fix the pain, I'm going to become the person who's then inciting the pain. I need to understand my enemy and love my enemy as it could be me because I'm one power or place of power away from becoming the person I hate the most. So I believe when I hear people angry and in pain, they're just speaking via pain. My parents speak in pain. My family, my partner speaks in pain. We all speak in pain enough to where if I want to fix their pain, I have to become their pain. Mm. You are under the thoughts. The people who have provided the pain have to pay for it. And mm. they're going to pay for it if I do it or if anyone else does it. And that's how I just run my life. What's going to flow is going to flow. You mm. can throw a million stones into the ocean. It will not stop the water from being water. You might affect the way exactly. the current flows for a time. You could even dam the water. If you put a dam in the water, you can stop it. But you will not stop the water from being water. Exactly. And that's how we I run. And I, 
I agree with you. Yes, the water may be polluted, but it's still water in the end of the day. I got you. I got you. And but I need people like right. you as well. You you one hundred percent right. Like, and I do agree with that. But I guess the way I the way I see it is like, I used to. I'm working on getting out of the habit of of being concerned with the healing of others so much that I'm ignoring that they're not looking for the healing that I think knowledge outrages you, truly. The more it I should. No. It, it should, should to an extent. It should. I, I hate that ignorance is bliss concept. I hate that too. But but you just I said hate that. that too. Did you not he just argued back no, that ignorance is bliss. Because you no. say music, I feel like you say okay. I see what y'all you get y'all what I'm saying. I see oh, why y'all would get that. Knowledge should outrage you. Knowledge should enlighten you. Knowledge of what is and what can be should make you run towards that knowledge rather yes. than being outraged. So in your concept, ignorance is more bliss because no. you remove the outrage. No, I feel like ignorance is pain. Is it? Yes, but because my but people you, die from the lack of knowledge, and knowledge also is pain because. Yes, but one the thing about ignorance is there will never be even if there is bliss, the bliss is never truly fulfilling. With knowledge, there is fulfillment past the pain, but you have to go through the pain. But first. you do realize if you're dealing with people who have been stuck with pain and trauma, a new form of pain is pain altogether. Yeah, but so how do you break people past? The pain once you gain the knowledge. They have to be willing to be honest with themselves and understand that pain is something that's unavoidable. On pain is a choice. Pain, yeah, but it's unavoidable. Oh, that's like saying slavery is a choice. I was going to say, pain is unavoidable too. No, it's not. Yeah, I, pain is unavoidable. Pain is there's, there's not a There's not a being on this earth that will not feel pain. It's impossible. Pain yeah. is a choice. No, it's not. You're basically saying that someone can choose to feel their emotions. And in our reality, none of us choose to feel our emotions, but we have to. Even if you say you have no emotions, you feel it. I don't care who you are. I said pain is a choice. You can see someone you lose. Okay, here we go. If me and you are close, if I pass away today... It's pain. No, because we have had a relationship. If if you pass away... Trey, that's pain. There will be pain that I don't have it. Trey, that's pain. You can't choose your way out of it. Hear me out of this. I will have pain that I will not get the moments that I have with you again, but I will have pleasure in the moments we had were so fulfilling. No pain could interject between that. Yes, but you have to go through the pain to get there. I have to choose to turn the pleasurable moments against the painful moments. Or pain is real. But pain to me is an absolute choice. It's a choice after a certain point. I feel like pain is the... Okay, if I... We're humans. So if any of us got punched in the mouth right now, we're going to feel pain. Yes. There's no way around it. And then after that... Physical pain. Pain doesn't matter. Watch Because if I hurt your feelings right now, you're going to feel that pain initially. Now, do you have to stay there? No, but you're going to feel it initially. So if I say you suck, does that physically harm you? Uh, depends on the person. If you let that pain and your emotions affect you to an extent to where it physically harms you, you made that choice. High blood pressure, that's pain. People choose to turn certain pains into a choice of a physical pain. That's, that's if, that's, that's held on to pain. 
You're talking about held on to pain. We're talking. You're talking about pain that people will not allow to release. That's but, but that's voice. but that's not saying that they won't feel pain in in the, in the first place. There has to be some form. There has to be some form of initial pain. If you get a shot right now, there's gonna be initial pain. Absolutely. But what I'm saying is that initial pain does not have to be held on to. That's what you're saying. You're talking about the back end. I'm talking about the front end. You're gonna feel pain regardless because that's just the human experience. Yeah, when a woman gives birth, pain. she feels pain. Yes. But what if she stays in that level and her mental capacity never gets over that? Then, then I'm then I go onto your side of the street and I'd be like, okay, that's you holding on to it. Okay. You can you're holding on to that. So pain. what do you say to some person, say a sexually assaulted victim, who says, "I'm not in that pain anymore, physically or mentally, so I choose to remove that pain from my life." You just say it's grateful. I'm grateful. Do you say no? That pain is still a thing. Nah. That pain is still real. Nah, nah. You get what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. So nah. yes, there are. But they had to. Feel, but they had to feel that. I'm not. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is you had to feel that initiative. I think there are natural responses that the human body feels, but I truly believe pain is a taught thing. It's a choice. Mm, I can't. Okay. Because everybody's gonna feel it. I don't care who you are on this earth. You're going to feel it initially. Now, you you have a choice past that initial feeling. Mm -hmm. That initial feeling is something that you can't escape. I don't care who yeah, you are. Yeah, I said a natural response. It's yeah, but saying pain is a choice, you have people, you have to also be responsible for your platform. Right, that's where we go back to that conversation. Some people are going to hear pain is a choice and they're going to automatically say, I didn't choose to have this pain. Because they're speaking of the initial experience. They, because they didn't, that, choose, they didn't choose. Argument, because they didn't choose that initial experience. In that same argument, you just made the choice to let it become more painful to you. What you arguing? I didn't choose. Pain is speaking all over again. If someone says your pain is a choice, sir, you're right. It's still me. Now your conscious decision to say they right and choose not to stay in that pain is still a choice. But if someone says something and does something that doesn't actually account with the first initial response. You're choosing to keep that pain. That's true. And I and I'm not I ain't even gonna like mm -hmm. argue with that because I agree with you on that standpoint, but that's still not negating the initial response. So we both think both can be true at the same time. Yeah, for sure. This is probably why I enjoy having conversations with you on this. Because I always tie you right back into your point and you always try to get my point your point through and I enjoy that. My next question dating a creator. Oh, man. What is that experience like? I love it. You're gonna have to give me more than that. This is an hour long podcast. <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm a creative myself, so I feel like most creators like have their own world that they live in, and I'm a vivid person. So anybody who has that who like shares that same vividness with me, I'm like, I'm like almost in awe because I see us all as being like geniuses, especially when you're deeply creative. Not just like surface level, but you really take it there. Mm. I feel like that's like true. That's what true power really is. Power enough to really express yourself, whether regardless of how it is. Like, the, and the more you can, whether that's creatively, whether that's physically, however you want to do that, that's power to me. Mm. As a creative, do y'all always agree on concepts of creativity? No. But how do you get past that? You're not supposed to. <laughs> You're supposed to stay in the <laughs> no, disagreement. you're not supposed to stay in the disagreement. You're not supposed to always agree. You're supposed to, the point of creativity is contrast. Explain, and without oh, elaborate, please. Without contrast, there is no creativity. Um, 
without the same way without the same way without like they say no pain no gain. <laughs> oh, here you go. So you can choose to gain through pain. That's a choice, right? Oh, boy, I got you. Alright, he's on the ropes. Yeah, How's it going, Bob and Weave? Come on, Ali. And <laughs> you you threw yourself back into that net. <laughs> yeah, but you couldn't stop that pain. You wanted to you wanted to go somewhere, right? Well, if you want no gain, you could choose no pain. Exactly. You could choose no pain. Ah, exactly. But ah. you but you gonna hurt regardless. No, you're just not gonna gain. No, you gonna feel <laughs> that pain from not you gonna feel that pain from not going anywhere. Lord. So whether you go through the pain by gaining or you don't go through the pain, you're gonna feel it. Like it's gonna hurt you and you're and it's going and you're gonna feel that pain. Now you can then do something with that pain, but you're just gonna be sitting in pain either way it go. So pain's still there. Whether you choose to gain through it or not, that pain's still there. Exactly. I'm gonna let you have it, because you just said choose a million different times. But I love you. I ain't say choose. Nah, I, I nah Renny take that. Renny yeah, take back. He said, "You know what? You don't choose. The decisions are made for you." Mm, I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> That's a misinterpretation. Hey, I told y'all, words are the lowest form of communication. They can be manipulated <laughs> any way people wanted to, and people can change the context, of the way in which you say something as fast as you say it. And with cameras words. Trey put lies on my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he told me from I had to read, Trey real quick. I had to read y'all the uh, terms and conditions right there. He said, Trey didn't even make me sign a contract. <laughs> okay, so we actually... That's a bad deal. <laughs> let me stop. <laughs> okay, we can talk about that. That's an inside joke. Me and you are business partners. How do you go about putting family relationships and business together. Because I think me and you would probably have the better of the blends. I mean, easy. we're not going to tell the terms of your negotiate our contracts, but I think for what we do, I think my deal is fair. It's great. I but mean, how do you have, is this the fairest deal you've caught? Most of the people that I work with give me fair deals because okay. honestly, it's not really that hard to be solid. And it is. Just, no, it's not. Man. No, it's not. Cameron, it's no, like... No, it's not. No, you are right in your sense, but in a world where being solid is so shunned upon, it's so easy to fall to the other side. I mean, yeah, but that's if that means you was never solid. You can't be... Influ a solid person can be around a, non, a bunch of solid, non-solid people, and it can influence them. That means he's in the wrong environment. But the world is a wrong environment. Yeah, but if you... But you... The back to choices, you still can be responsible for the environment you put yourself in. What? Yeah. So, I try to put myself in environments with solid people, and I try to keep those solid people around other solid people who I know are responsible, and that's how good business get done. If you put, if you put people who you all understand, know who you are, have a trust with all each other, and have a love within themselves to be solid, it's gonna infect everybody. And if you put a group of people who have a love for each other, understand business, and are actively working towards growth, if they understand what this can be and are solid, then, I mean, I do understand things change and people have, you know what I'm saying, discrepancies, but... You don't think there's a part of us that says we both have nothing to lose to this, so with us having nothing to lose, it's easy to do good bad. It's easy to do good business. Once that situation could change, say, say my podcast makes $500 million, and the terms I agree with you on based on we had nothing to lose, they stopped being something because I'm making 
500 million, you're making an X percentage of that. Is that a fair deal at that point? If the initial deal we came in on was fair? Uh, it depends on your understanding of what you're dealing with, what you want, and has uh, what you want and uh, communication. Because, I mean, you do, I think that's what a lot of the music industry's been able to go through now. Jesus These Christ. deals are pretty much, initially, we both have nothing to lose until someone gains more than the other. Right. And when someone gains more than the other, then they say an unfair deal is made because someone gained more than the other. When both parties came in with nothing to lose. For sure. I mean, that's where communication comes into play because if you have a, if you're willing to communicate and also have an understanding of what you want, because mm -hmm. it's some people who don't know that they want till it comes into their eyes. Yeah. So if you know exactly what you want or you know what you're capable of, then it shouldn't necessarily be that hard to stay solid if you have proper communication and everybody's willing to grow. Now, if there becomes underhandedness and you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. things that are, are, are external factors that would throw off the trust or the understanding or the communication or mm -hmm. the goals, and if there's no plan for future growth, then yeah, that can become breakdowns and pitfalls and things of that nature. But if everybody has an understanding of what they want out of this, uh, the, the trust and the silentness of the communication between everybody and then there's a proper plan in place to benefit all, then you'll be fine. But at the same time, I do understand that like capitalism is like... It's hard to go back to the table. It's, me, it's the, meant to. I think once the ball starts rolling, going back to the table becomes a lot more difficult because yeah. there's more at the table. Yeah. It's so easy to say, hey man, I got one loaf of bread... Let's just split it in half and you go, that's fine. But when someone starts giving me a fish and wine and someone else is giving me that, I just agreed to give you that loaf of bread. That don't make does that make you unsolid that once you get more you change you don't choose to change the rules? Um or is, mm, is that a bad deal? It depends. It depends. Uh I'll tell you how I feel first, and then I'll tell you. Do you have any accounts of bad business deals you've had to encounter that initially started as good deals uh, without mentioning names? Explain how you maneuver. Uh, see. Okay, so with the first part of that, I'm to the point where I know how I am. If I have an agreement with you when there's nothing to lose and there is more, I'm... I'm going to take the first that the first uh, initial agreement that we did and I will use that to build something from that. Okay. But I also know what it's like to be around situations where things initially seem good, mm -hmm. but then over time, I have friends who have been signed to labels and mm -hmm. with the initial understanding of growth and progress and then over time that same momentum is is isn't sustained because now they have conflicting priorities or you're no longer the same priority that you was when we first met when we first met so now that affects how in which they value you and in my opinion if we're going to do good business there should be a constant it's a relationship so it's a constant pouring into you as long as we're 
doing business as long as we're. Some would argue, I don't agree with this. Well, I leveled up, and at the time I leveled up, you should have been leveling up too, not depending on my level up to make you level up. Then why are we doing business? To both level up, but if I level up at a different rate. But why are we doing business? Because if we started at the same level, initially doing business, then the goal is to level up as one levels up. The, the goal isn't I level up and you stay stagnant because that's not business. That's manipulation. Hmm. Fair. We're going to get to what I, we really want to talk about. The Kendrick Lamar project. I want to hear I've been waiting for this. your thoughts. Mm. And you're an artist, so I'm sure there's probably some pieces you got to be because you're trying to make it into the future or whatever. I, <laughs> I ain't going to be like that. Go ahead. What are your thoughts? Um, I thought the album, I thought the album was great. Um, it's, we don't do grades here, so just tell me how it made. Oh, I'm, oh I got you. I, I got a whole synopsis. Oh, um, I do think I think this. I think you're trying to cover a few angles with this. I think the way in which I started listening to the album, it sounded almost like almost as if him as an artist, he's like, I'm gonna cover every angle of every genre while also trying to push forward the sound of music. And then also convey a message that can that can help people who haven't been understanding what position that they're in to look at their own reality by because he's very detailed. And when you listen to his lyrics and you just close your eyes for a second and understand what he's trying to get across, he's putting everything into a perspective. So he's not gonna tell you, hey, um, you need to do this like directly. He's going to paint the picture. Okay, you're over here. This is what's going on around you. Like he has the subtle ones where he'll be like, um, well, he'll, he'll mention like something so small as like what was on the seat cover. Like he'll literally put you where you need to be so you can follow the storyline. Exceptional storytelling. Exactly, exceptional storytelling. Because he pushed you right there and be like, okay, now you see how these pieces mm -hmm. put you in this predicament. Now, what you going to do with that? That's for people who are actually looking for for a message. Now, for people who just actually just want to hear the sound, I think he's pushing forward the sound because he's he's trying to... Sh I, I think it's like a subtle term, and I don't know him because I'm not a part of these none of these. But I think it's like an intention because it's like a message to the industry. Whereas you're going to a lot of... A lot of these, a lot of, you hear the same beats a lot. You hear the same tones, same rhythms, same patterns, same loops. Like, after a while, our ears not only adjust to it, but we try to convince ourselves that we're not hearing the same thing in order to keep our ears consistently, like, interested. And that's a lot of how we didn't got into the situation we didn't got into. And it takes for an artist that polarizing to like break up the sound and show people that it's okay to take risks because people will, especially in music, people will enable your stagnancy and they will incentivize your stagnancy. Because if you can repeat it, you can saturate it and make more money. Exactly. There will impede your growth for profit. And if you as an artist aren't aware of that, 10 years will go by and you will look at your legacy and you'll realize that you didn't actually make anything substantial with yourself or you capped yourself off at a certain point. And you had I, a price. 
Exactly. And I know, and there's nothing wrong with that because there's some people who truly just don't strive to do nothing but just do what that price and, 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 and move on, which I don't knock that. But if it can damage. Yeah, and and it will damage your longevity. Ain't no kind of about it. It will damage your longevity. It might damage your music longevity. Some people aren't in this for music longevity. That's They're fine. In this for maybe a financial longevity, which more people music can't propel you to that. Most folks that I've seen, I've seen way more people doing this for financial longevity, and that's why I think this project is interesting because he is. You can tell that he's doing this for creative longevity. You know what I'm saying? I don't because think no more music out of him for a long time. And that's and I would love it. Go another five years and don't say nothing. Whoa. No. Because people respect silence more than they respect your presence. You have to you have to find a way to make people respect your who you are. And if people feel like they can just have access to you at will. They, they will, they will, they, they'll do whatever they want with you. Which is why I feel like people telling everybody to focus on the now gets people in a trap that leads you. And then my thing is, what people don't understand is, you will go in this looking for finances. And because you lack creative output, your finances will go. I think it's easier for me to be a podcast because I don't need the financial gain. Exactly. Which, it's a little easier for me to say certain stuff. Which, not, exactly. I mean, now, I'm sure, of course, in my job, I probably can't say F a, F or third and, like, do damaging images toward people. But I think I'm enabled to be able to speak to a musician, a transgender person, a oh, white like person. That. I can address interracial relationships. I mean, it I is what it is. But that also, like, if you if you want to get inside, like, if you even it even makes it to the point where, like, if you want to sit there and do things, it, it, it frees you up. That way, if the finances was to come tomorrow, you already have a foundation. Now, it's up to you to deviate from that foundation. Does Kendrick sound free to you on this album? For sure. For sure, without a doubt. We're talking about three beats, which is every song. Do you hear... Any sense of the change coming off of him, or do we see a completely free Kendrick Lamar? Because you know, there's a route to it's gonna freedom. Always, it's gonna always like. Be. Do you hear any still stuff in someone? It's gonna always be. It's gonna always be change. Like you'll never stop growing in this. I said because uh, his N95 video is him in white over water, and I take that as he's one of the ghosts. Who jumped off the ship? Now that might just be I mean, me. That's a, that that's might be a wild, me. That's, that's a wild interpretation. You know what it looked like me? What? Like you're walking on water. We two different people. We see two things two different ways. Yeah, but think about it. The people who the slaves who jumped off the water, they gained their freedom. They were able to walk on water for freedom. They were dead as a human body, but their spirit remained white and free to make their own choice. That's a, deep, that's a real deep thought. That's a real deep thought. That's a real deep thought. I mean, that's just my... I do love that about Kendrick Lamar because that's my interpretation. Because he's not walking on water. He's a white being floating on water speaking about a mask. Now, to me, a mask could be considered like a slave, a chain. It suppresses your full image, which what they were trying to do 
on a boat. I they were trying that. to suppress your energy, put a mask mm-hmm. on you. Okay. And because everyone around you were wearing the mask, you were to believe that's how it is. Mm-hmm. In my head, that's why he chose a water concept. Now, maybe mm-hmm. Kendrick's aggressive and we all can... <laughs> Brittany, you got any concepts you're thinking outside of that? Or am I thinking a little too hard into it? I think the mask was more of a religious type of thing. Oh, right. Well, isn't slavery a religion? Mm. Oh, oh, I'm going crazy. Shoot him down. Pow. That was a good one. That was fine. Hey. That was fine. I mean, but the construct of Christianity is a slave if, constitution. Or you could just say, what if slavery is the religion? Maybe. Then Kendrick's in 95 asking, so I think I can have a little bit of a point in that. I mean, whichever direction you want to take it. But you also seen that uh, it was like a five second clip of when he had the little kid, little boy at the table and he put the black doll and the white doll in front of him and the black boy was like, and chose the white doll. Wow. So those are the people who probably stayed on the boat in his head. I mean, he was also in a because school classroom. We want to talk about education system. You know where slavery actually started? It didn't start on the chains. It started on the boat. That's where the lesson of slavery first began. Yeah, but it really started on land. And you know what they chose on that boat? Whatever the white doll said. Exactly. Even though the black... Because the black doll's option was to jump off the boat and find your own. But it it was... mm -mm. Mm, I ain't gonna say that. But I see what you're saying. But I say slavery didn't start on no boat. Slavery started on land. I said the education of slavery started on that boat. They captured education of slavery. Okay. They captured you on okay. land, absolutely. But when they were capturing these people, these people weren't ready to give up. It wasn't until the boat lesson is yeah, when they because had to start to learn slavery. They we weren't get, slaves up until then, that boat. Then we can start talking about how the English language is connected to that boat. Hmm. Music. <laughs> because why do you call it not be like graphic, but why do you think they call it the birth canal? That's sickening, but I don't even go there. Back to the Kendrick. Why do you think that <laughs> when you get born, you go to a doc? Oh, Lord, I, listen, you, we're talking about Kendrick Lamar. I am saying, Dr. Dre. Let me hit. I'm And to have a baby, you need a relationship. Dang. I could really take it there. We don't have much time. I, um, I what was I going to say? <laughs> to me, I think Kendrick Lamar said, cancel culture. Here's a mirror. Talk to yourself. For sure. It and does. that's exactly what they're doing. Ain't you, ain't, ain't it crazy? Like, this is why I, I think Bud is so intentional with his music. I think Bud, I think Bud is so intentional with his music that he will do things knowing that all people are going to do is hear the surface level Things I think he perfected Kanyeism, like the if ability, the, yeah, the ability to sit there and put a topic in your face that you just randomly just react to, mm. but also put it in the context of a message for those who want to hear. So basically, he's like, if you want to hear me, here's the food. If you don't want to hear me, here's the bullshit. Go talk about it. I run think my Kendrick's similar to Dave Chappelle. 
If you ever think about Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle addresses our culture. He addresses transgender culture. He addresses white culture. He has the same common enemy as what Kendrick would have. Because Kendrick is saying, we're fighting each other and so scared to look in the mirror. The actual enemy is kicking our back in. Mm -hmm. Similar to what Dave Chappelle says. And Dave Chappelle has to fight. He goes through a million different layers of fighting the opposite enemy than what the actual enemy is. Similar to how Kendrick Lamar's album is going to be received as, he said this, he said that, but he made 18 tracks with 18 different messages. And what he's also probably saying was, there's a million and 50 billion plus more images and messages that have to be told, but we'll never get through it because we can't get through these 18 together. Exactly. That is that's it, but that But that's also like when I was telling you how a lot of people don't understand when it comes to knowledge, you have to go through the low, like it, we have, it's an emotional scale that we got and it starts from the bottom and the bottom is like grief and you know what I'm saying? Like trauma bonding, like all of that. But in order to, but that's how knowledge work in the same, in the same sense, you can't expect to go into knowledge, not, and not get no form of pain. True. And in order to, for you to get to the blessings of the knowledge, you have to work your way up through those emotions. And you got to work your way past those emotions to get to a higher level because a higher emotion is you working as who you're supposed to be in alignment. Mm. How you're supposed to be on this earth because the way in which everybody going to tell you how to move ain't going to do nothing but keep you trapped in that lower half of that emotional scale. So if you still feel the pain, then that means you're still listening to the conditioning that we brought up on. You still choosing to be in pain? <laughs> I said, I said after the fact after the fact yeah you can choose to be in pain if it's an after the fact thing but you can't like I said you can't stop that initial pain alright favorite songs that is then, low. favorite songs least favorite songs N95 for sure is one of them ones your favorites N95 is for sure one of them ones I ain't gonna lie the first three was like I hated those. Worldwide step was just because they were too much for me at the one time. I I really wish Kendrick would do the Jay Z thing and give me an acapella, give me an instrumental, and then give me both because his music could be so chaotic that there's no way you can consciously say you're focusing strictly on his words. And his words are so impactful. That's why you got to go back and listen. But he does this so you but, go back and listen again. But you don't think an acapella version of this album would still be just as more impactful in my opinion? I don't want to hear that. What? He no. creates his own cadence. No, I don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear Kendrick without <laughs> Bruh, music? No, I put the beat there. Cause if you could put four different beats on it, that means you don't even need words. I mean, you don't need a beat if you could put four different beats on it. He's not dependent sure. on... You know I just he, know because that takes skill to just rap on four different beats at the same time. So but he don't really have to change much to get his point across. You get what I'm saying? I don't think it would be bad. Did I mean, you think the Blueprint acapella is that bad of a uh, project? I don't want to hear no acapella song. Uh, you're an artist. That's because you probably hear all your music acapella. Trey, I don't want to hear no acapellas if we talking music. I go to poetry for that. But is what he's doing not poetry? I mean, over he's a musician. He's a Pulitzer Prize winner. He's a musician. Pulitzer Prize winner he's based off musician. Music is the first part of musician. So it's to, okay, how about this? Is now music the form the form, the lowest form of communication when it comes to expressing a message? No, it's the highest form of communication. 
but they but if through social engineering people have degraded would be graded like um their what music could be but that doesn't mean that that what music is because music is unlimited music is a force that can't be stopped music is a higher communication than us talking that's why it's easier for me to sit here and get on the beat and tell you how I feel than it is for me to sit here and have a conversation with you because you can't manipulate that. You have to take it for what it is. I can't give you a response to this track, though. <laughs> I'm I just mean, that's fine. I agree with you. I have to be the comedic relief as a person. So, I mean, ain't tripping. We ain't even had to be all this serious. You came in here and was like, well, I'm finna grill you with the question. No. <laughs> well, I'm now. I'm finna see Ironically, what and this is the unfortunate part, in podcasting, people like people who disagree. Now, they want people to get disrespectful. And I don't... Oh, they want me to... They want... Oh, no, they, they want us to be disrespectful. You know what's crazy? Everybody... But bro. to have a genuine conversation where both people are disagreeing and giving the calm voices, not really going over each other, giving everybody the platform, it's more constructive. It might not be listened to. It might not. Because I can understand People that. want me to say, man, such a dumbass <laughs> ass, boy. You ain't about that business. Oh, God. <laughs> Goof ass nigga, boy. And I, I slash you out your ass, boy. I promise you, if we do that as our snippet, they would be so angry because they're like... That's nothing with the conversation about. But that would but be the whole entire right. argument. Exactly. That little five seconds where we just joked around and playing and they're like, that's all we want to do is fight. But well, I come in this bitch and be like, with your punk ass, hear your ass talking about you ain't going to do shit back. Like, exactly. People going to be like, oh God my God. And if I say to God be with you right after, he hates the, he hates the Lord. But I mean, <laughs> but we have to, people have to be able to disagree again and be respectful. Because as a human, I love you as a human. I might not love your ideals all the way. As a racist, I gotta. If I meet a racist, I don't think they're not human. I think they're misguided and uneducated. Exactly. I feel sorry for them. But I don't. As a human aspect, I want them to heal. And then, and then on top of that, I could feel that exact way. And sometimes I disagree just to pick your argument apart. Yeah. Because I need to know what you what you trying to get across. So sometimes I just sit there and be like, okay, well, what about this? Yeah. Just to see how far you're going to take it because I need to know what you really think when you say this. Well, you also know, though, based on how I stand, I'm never going to be one of those people to fold in any kind of way. And I think you admire that because it inspires you and I think you are the same way. You are most constructive during chaos. I am most constructive during peace. But we both admire both worlds. Sure. I admire chaos. I don't dwell in it well. I dwell in peace well. And I think you you do enjoy peace. Yeah. But sure. you have an understanding that your chaos is what makes you move. We just have different engines. Mm-hmm. You're a steam engine. I'm an electric engine. They both can go from point A to point B. And then on top of that. Got one take a little more heat than the other. Fair. But one thing about it is you got to dive in the unknown to do something great. Hmm? It ain't no way. It ain't no way. And the diving the unknown is to put yourself in chaos. And if you expect to do something above and beyond, if you don't step into that chaos, then you're then there's a part of fear in you that's not allowing you to make what you need to make out of that chaos because that's what creativity is. And I just think for me, I have to have true peace to be able to move. I've, I've never worked well in, in loud rooms. I can't silence it like you can. I've always admired your ability to do that. In a room full of chaos, you can tunnel the sound out. I, I don't know how to... I know how to move this noise distortion out of the way. You know how to run through it. Yeah. It's admirable. 
I don't think it could work, but it does for you. So I'm also inspired to challenge that because I want to be able to understand that because I want to be able to get to that level where I can understand chaos. And I hope you hope to gain some constructive criticism yeah, like from being at peace. Yeah, no, nah, I'm quiet as kept. Like, I spend a lot of time in peace. I spend <laughs> a lot of time, like, in silence. I meditate every morning. I don't, like, which is funny. You would think I'd be one of those people who's like a super meditator. No. Now, me and God talk on a different level, but I'm a conversationalist, and I find peace in hearing people. For sure. She see she see how I be like. She it, and your partner. Exactly. Too. Brittany is with me. Also, my girlfriend, my wonderful, amazing girlfriend. Hello. That's cute. Girlfriend talk. Sorry, you got a fiance. I know, right? <laughs> but, she'll see, but, she'll even, <laughs> but she'll even see me in the morning. Like, sometimes... I go the first three hours of the day and won't say nothing. Mm. Like, no words. I don't need to talk. I never knew that. After after a while, like, I'm more quiet than I am, like, talking. Like, when we in the room, or I'm just kicking it by myself. I live in silence, like, about, I say about 60% of the time. Because I don't listen to music that often. Like, I do listen to music, but I can. We're about to do a part two, because that is a crazy concept. I don't listen to music as a musician. I listen now, to music. As a producer. I have to because I have to I have to like listen to music in spurts. So like I have time periods where like I'm heavy on music. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not listening to my music or any I'm just not listening to no music at all. I'm just silent. My producer Twitch has been crashing at me lately because I've been listening to uh-huh. so many different music. Uh-huh. Like I have been I haven't listened to hip hop like I used to at all. Mm-hmm. But I've been I've been crate digging, I guess. I mean going to mm-hmm. super alternative. I've been going, R&B, old everything. And I'm like, man, that yeah, itch is scratching on me. Yeah, I'm so glad I bought an engagement ring instead of a laptop. <laughs> or I'd be, this would not be against. That is my final question I have for you, and then I'll let you have me uh, a few questions if you need. Why is this not a game? <laughs> because the game is for you to lose. So if you play it, you're already lost. Hmm. Now tell me what, why it's funny, because I do have to let you do a little promotion of what you are. No, say that again. I said, <laughs> I said, why is that question funny? Because we do have to give you some form of promotion. Because it is not a game is my producer tag. So if you ever hear it is not a game come across, that's a beat that I made. Look at me, I'm on a podcast. I'm getting all right. All right, questions you have for me. Mm. Mm. I get you. Now, this is a good one. I'll start service and see if I can take it a little further. Pause. Jesus Christ. That is. Hey, please don't. You know what? I cut it out. (laughs) (laughs) That's a bar. You know what? I'll cut it out. That's gangster. I what keeps you so diplomatic? My parents are very chaotic. And they'll probably listen to this and disagree. But my parents unfortunately both found success in chaos. Okay. I think that was the worst thing that happened to both of them. Okay. Balance the scales. You said what? Balance the scales. I might be too diplomatic though because of that, which I think I need to get better about being more chaotic but I'm so fearful 
that I will become the chaos that my parents are. Understood. That I never run towards it. Which? And that was the hardest growth to understand. Knowing who you are and accepting it is the hardest. But I know who I am. I know I don't want to, I don't want to run to chaos. I do know it might be healthy for me to try it. And I do know. You have your own control form. When the time comes, I will be chaotic. But I have seen, unfortunately, success through diplomacy. No, I, I ain't got no problem with diplomacy. I actually admire um, And honestly, I'm more diplomatic than you think. I just, I'm just real rigid when it comes to like, I'm real rigid when it comes to like, just what I consider bullshit. This is your mother helped with that a lot. And the strange, your mom has always been diplomatic. Me and her don't see eye to eye on just about anything. But I have always noticed she always handled even conflict with the slightest of grace. Having the ability to be chaotic as possible. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen her get past her chaos. My parents, they're my parents, so I always am going to see the certain image I want to see of them. Mm-hmm. She was a different entity coming in at peace, but knowing there was chaos everywhere around it, and I admired that. I ain't, ain't going to lie. That's really the staple of my foundation because she was like, I don't know how she did it, but when she was raising me like real young, between her and the villager that they just helped grew, grew me, they kind of allowed me to find uh, in between and understand that like there's a way to be diplomatic at all times mm-hmm. and still like maintain your integrity. But there is a time where you can't avoid chaos. Mm-hmm. So here's how to, I'm, I'm going to have to throw it at you so that you can build a tolerance for what happens when it comes because these are certain things in life that you're not going to avoid. I just saw chaos work too much to where it felt. It didn't feel right. Like I, I knew, well, not chaos in the sense of like. I didn't feel I had my own image, in a sense. My parents could both be chaotic and get what they wanted. I know it works, but would that be me or would that be me replicating them? I wanted to have my own stable, my stamp, my own producer tag. I mean, no, nah, but you, you, you know did, yeah, but you did exactly, but. What you do ain't nothing wrong with what you do because it's multiple ways to skin a cat. You can never want to be a person who want to be direct confrontational or none of that ever in your life. But if the comes, I'm ready. I mean, I got you. But even if you was a person who never wanted to be on the side of that, there's a path for you to go and still do what you need to do and be whatever you want to be. You want to know the it's irony just, of this conversation? I practice Martin, but I love Malcolm. Does yeah, that make sense? I get what you're saying. And but I also understand once Malcolm and Martin wanted to unite, they had to kill both. I get that. But another thing people need to understand, it was more than Malcolm and Martin. You understand the image. But I understand what you're saying. I get what you're one saying. Was, part opposite. One said diplomacy could get you through, and one said protection will get you through. The problem is they were both black, so you know what they got them to. Killed. But I understood in a world that we live in. I have to be more diplomatic and be hated by. So when the time comes, they'll never know it. Once they figured out that those two worlds has decided that maybe we can work out, they were able to cancel it. So for we sure. can't give up the moon. So I have to be on the diplomatic side for, for as sure. long. Which I understand. Until that. the calling for us to unite happens and they don't know the call. Because if I start to show remnants of chaos, they'll figure it out faster than what they need to. I think... Right. Once the battle's all said and done, we're gonna have to work together. 
I mean, for sure. I mean, it's it, misdirection. It, the thing, the thing, the thing about it is, we can't run from the obvious fact that we gonna have to that we need each other. None yes. of us are we gonna. None of us are gonna. We eventually we gonna have to come to the understanding that we need each other. The only reason I go about it the way I go about it is because I understand that what I do requires eyes, so people are watching what I do. Mm-hmm. And the more in which I do music and the more projects I do, there's more eyes. But I also so you know you to... all the time about my biggest argument with you is Cameron, you fight like a field soldier when you have a general mindset. Well, I... and as a general, you can't go out there gung ho like you can I'm not feel gonna... the pain of your field soldiers or you can have the knowledge of what it was like, but you're no longer a field soldier. You're a general working on your way towards a captain. But you can't become a captain if you want to stay stuck in the field soldier mindset. I agree. You have to keep moving. You do carry the knowledge and the experience of what it was like, but to grow and to get to the war being won, you have to also upgrade yourself. For sure, which I already understand. And I'm and I already made it to the part of my life where I'm way past like atta- attacking shit from like me having to step on now. It's been a couple times with people I almost backslid, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. Um, but the way in which the way in which I run this is I understand that there are eyes. So you are responsible for the things that people see that you allow. Mm-hmm. So especially on a public platform with people watching all the time. So if I am passive towards things that go against the moral or the basis of like the integrity of what I have, Mm -hmm. then the people who are watching are going to see that and reflect and react in the same way. If you aren't, if you aren't silent, if you ain't silent on being assertive on things that you know don't go against your integrity and you're not visible and loud about it, then people will accept silence as a yes. But do I not loudly speak diplomacy by being stuck on diplomacy? All you need to do is say no. Because you're, you don't, yes, you're just now getting into a place where you're becoming visible. So now it's a point where people get to see like where you stand on and things like that. So it's never been a time where you had to visibly outright say no and display it to a, a crowd of people. Like a musician. Apparently. Exactly. So I understood from a young age that the things that, that I understood from a young age that if I'm not direct about the things that don't align with my integrity and I'm not loud about it, people will either assume or they will follow in your footsteps, not understanding what it took to get you there. Mm-hmm. I had to show people the scars. I had to show people the wrong. I had to show people what this is because I'm responsible for being like, hey, like I'm responsible for whatever, like the people coming in, the people going out, like this is something that I don't tread lightly with. So I gotta be I don't want to always be confrontational. I don't want to always be direct. But after a while, especially in what we do as musicians, if you're not direct about, hey, I don't like this. Hey, we don't need this. Hey, we can't do this. Hey, this isn't aligned with what it is. Hey, you need to be more about your business. Hey, you need to, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I can't be direct like that, then the people who are watching me are going to sit there like, oh, you can just do anything now. 
And in the music business, that's not always the most favorable image to have because people will treat you. They think they can do whatever with you. They will. You know what's funny? And I'm laughing. I started this conversation with who are you? And you finished it by answering my questions and then all the stuff you didn't want to answer. You answer what I am. You answer what I am. And you answer Cam. <laughs> I'm getting eyed at this thing. Because you just in that last statement, you concluded our podcast with answering your first question. And I had it. You answered my first question and my last question. Because who are you and why is this not a game? It's the same question. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> I see what you're saying. You're basically my, getting an idea what I stand on. But yeah. Yeah. So but tell the audience. Oh, I hit you with a damn. It's a dual project. You can reverse it backwards and come back to it. Pew, pew, pew. Tell the audience where they can connect with you and uh, what are your entities, any projects that you have out recently, any shows coming up. This is your platform okay. to get all it off. And once you get that, I'll give let you give your final thoughts after you've done all your publications. And then I'll give my final thoughts on William. Okay. All right, so my Instagram is at C-through-cam-lens. That's spelled S-E-E-T-H-R-U-C-A-M-L-N-Z. Um, I the Beholder out now featuring me and Ozu Black. Shout out Ozu. That project is amazing. Next album coming, a story with no title. Next album after that, Cold Wind and Shade, and we're going to get back to it. Um, I got visuals coming. Um possibly shows this summer between June and July, if not videos. So you can find me there. And also be great. That's your final thought? Yeah. Well no, nah, I ain't gonna get <laughs> to my final thought. You trying to you trying to get me to my final thought like off break? No. I was just shouting myself out. <laughs> hey Cameron, this is the part where you need to create like a song. Right after your This Is Not A Game and Be Great, put a little song right there. Boom, 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 boom. He's going to clear all this stuff out. Mm -hmm. Now right. it's time for our final thoughts. Slow music in peace. This boy crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Uh, for my final thoughts. Um... Understand that you was put on this earth to be exact, exactly what you're supposed to be. And that there's nothing that you can do to run from it, even if you lead this life. Understand that you are unlimited. There is nothing in your way stopping you. You are not to force your will but to allow your will to be. I know that might be a lot of words, but understand that you already are who you're supposed to be. And by being more of it, will you get the blessings that you're looking for? But that is up to you to know what is that more. You ready? That's it. My final thoughts. Group think is when you sit down and have a conversation with someone and you agree with everything they do. Do not be a group thinker. Disagree. Constructively 
find yourself a way to see the other person's view before you pass judgment or before you pass dismissal, which we all do. In this day and age where we have Roe versus Wade, speak to the person who's pro-life, speak to the person who's pro-choice, and then do not pass judgment, pass understanding. Stop being a group thinker. Get off of the social medias. Think for yourself for half a second and the will that you truly want can be done. Thank you guys for tuning in to the I Speak Code Switch podcast and I will catch y'all in the next episode. Be great. Peace. This is not a game. <laughs>